it's cold inside. That's right, kids. It's a titty bit nipply inside Jeff's household right now. My DIY attempts to fix the furnace were a failure. Not a failure. I eliminated a couple cheap potential problems. But I had to bite the bullet and call HVAC people who came out last night and said, basically, your furnace is an 18-year-old piece of shit. It's a pile of garbage. The heat exchanger is cracked, and it's leaking uh, carbon monoxide levels off the charts. So you've been breathing that in. So also your inducer motor, it's making a really weird noise. So even if we replace the heat exchanger, the inducer motor probably needs replaced as well. We can replace the entire furnace for about $1,000 cheaper than both of those repairs. All right, I'll get the new furnace. And this ain't no fancy schmancy furnace, no bells, no whistles. I said, give me the cheapest fucking hunk of junk you got. So tomorrow they will be installing a new furnace and my interior heating woes will hopefully be behind me. I will tell you that the last two mornings when I have woken up, it has been 55 degrees where the thermostat is. Perhaps a little chillier upstairs. I do run a space heater when I sleep in my room. I mean, only right now because of the situation, not normally. So it's probably been in the high 60s as I sleep. But then you wake up, you go downstairs, and it's like, holy shit! It's cold. So on the bright side, that will be resolved soon. However, there are so much other things to consider, especially where I live in Ohio or any of these areas where winter actually happens. You people who have lived in California or Florida or Southern Texas your whole life, you have no idea what we deal with. You have no idea of our winter woes. So obviously the need for heat a big one. Even right now where I've managed with the fireplace and the space heater and being able to run the furnace for very short spurts, I've got the house up to like 64. I can't tell you the last time that I spent any time in my home, well, yeah, I can, two and a half weeks ago, that I didn't need a jacket or a sweater on or long pants, socks. I will tell you that my cat, Gooby, she's going to be a little upset once the furnace gets fixed because she is loving the fact that the fireplace is on for hours and hours every night. She has been roasting like a potato in front of that thing. But luckily, the whole carbon monoxide thing hasn't affected her. I didn't know that was the problem or a problem. But don't worry, kids. I only have to make it through tonight, and then all will be well. Yay! Another issue that plagues people like us that actually experience winter is when you have significant temperature drops, it is not uncommon for your tires to go a little flat to the point where you get the low tire warning and I've got to go put air in my tire. Now, usually you only have to do that kind of at the beginning of the season, unless you have a nail in your tire, which is what I have right now. Son of a bitch. Yes, when it rains, it pours children. But about a week ago, I had a low tire warning and I just figured, okay, it's in the 20s right now. It's just the cold air. And I went and looked and I thought I might need to top off all my tires, but I could see that my front right tire was much lower than the rest 
rest. And I went and put the air pressure gauge on it, and it was registering about 20 pounds of pressure. That tire should have about 44. That's the max, 44. So it was pretty low. I kind of inspected the tire as best I could from a visibility perspective and what I could see of the tire. It seemed fine. So I topped it off with air and thought, all right, just winter shit. Then two days later, low tire warning. So I check it again. It's down to around like 23 again. I'm like, okay, this is indicative of a slow leak. So I look at the tire again, and now that I'm in a different position with the van, I was able to see, oh, there's a big fucking screw or nail in my tire. Thanks, DoorDash. And of course, when the weather is cold or chilly, that's going to exacerbate that issue. So for the last week, I have been constantly adding a little air into my tire every morning just to make sure it's fine. I will go get it plugged or replaced soon. But financially, it has not been even one of my top five priorities. Speaking of which, Jeffy got a job. I should be starting said job next week. And it's a big relief to, you know, finally have a little bit of a sense of stability after a very long time without any said stability. And I'm sure for the next couple months, I will be essentially digging myself out of a few holes, financially speaking. But I am very certain that while there is still snow on the ground, I will have brought myself back to a point of financial stability and peace of mind, which the latter is very important. But don't worry, kids. I will still make sure that I am finding time and making time to continue to provide episodes of Jeff Becomes Jeff. You're fucking welcome. Another thing you have to think about during these winter months is your attire, your clothing. You go from a jacket to a coat, from a coat to a parka, from a parka to a bearskin. All right, that might be a little extreme, but you have to leave the house accordingly and also knowing that when you're outside, it's cold as fuck, but then when you get to where you're going and you go inside, they'll have the heat cranked, so you have to find this happy medium. I tend to run pretty warm, so honestly, I would be okay in 20-degree temperatures in a button-up shirt and pants without a coat. I mean, not for a long period of time, but for five, ten minutes, no problem. So I try not to bundle up too much because the second I get inside and the heat is on, I'm sweating like it's nobody's business if I did not choose appropriate attire. What? Appropriate attire? That's right. I have a whole episode dedicated to appropriate attire. Go check it out. The main reason that I'm kind of glad, not kind of, very glad that I have established employment at this point in the year is because with DoorDash being my primary source of income at this point, it will become unreliable very soon as the winter weather here in Ohio becomes worse when it's icy or sleeting or snowy or three inches of snow four inches of snow eight inches of snow who knows 
Any given day, shit can change. That is not a good environment to go try and make a lot of money quickly in a car. Let alone a car that has a nail in the tire. I don't mind driving in the snow or even a little ice. I think I'm good at it. I have lived in Ohio pretty much my entire life, so it's just kind of become the norm. Kind of like the people in Fargo. You darn tootin'. It is extremely rare for me to consider any road conditions to be to the point where I can't go do what I need to do. However, driving, delivering for a living, that is a different story. It's not about point A to point B. It's about point A to point C to point G to point 4 to point F to point 97. That's a lot of points. As a live musician for the last umpteen years, decades of doing Doing live music, I have prided myself on never having to cancel a gig. Even when I had pneumonia, I performed as a singer. It was not smart, probably, but I survived. I do not take cancellations lightly. However, a few years ago, my old band, The Lovebenders, we had a gig about an hour and a half away from where I live, and a huge snowstorm was coming in, and where we were going was not really a hugely populated area, and the roads between Columbus and this area, which is, I'll just tell you, it's Chillicothe, Ohio, their highways, or I guess you would call it that, I don't know what the term is, but they're back roads, essentially. They're glorified back roads as far as the snow removal goes, as far as the street lighting goes, as far as the traffic goes. Just lightly traveled, no street lights. I got about five minutes from my house. I had not even gotten into Columbus to where I could get on a freeway to take me out of Columbus, and I was not comfortable at all. The freeway was just covered with snow and ice. Everyone was driving like 10 miles an hour. I am, of course, driving a van that is loaded with thousands of pounds of equipment, not exactly conducive to good steering and reaction in the event of a slide or a slip and I had to make the judgment call that you know what this gig isn't happening I'm turning around and going home for the safety of myself for the safety of my vehicle and for the safety of the equipment I know my bandmates weren't thrilled with my decision. However, they were meeting me there in a car that had basically no equipment. They weren't driving the heavy fucking van full of equipment. Still, I hate that I had to cancel that show, but I had to. And it is the only time ever in the history of all of the gigs I've played, which is probably in excess of about 2,000 gigs in my life, that I have ever canceled. Another driving story, a winter driving story, is when I was younger. I was, I am guessing, 18 years old. I worked at Pizza Hut, and I was closing that night, and there was a huge snowstorm coming in to the point where we actually closed the store early. However, I was a shift manager, so I had to be the last one there to finalize the money, the numbers, all of that stuff, and then try and get my ass home safely. It wasn't that far, and I made it about three quarters of the way there, and then I turned right on a road off of another road. That's how driving works, Jeff. I know. 
That was probably an unnecessary explanation. Anyway, I turn right on this road, and I'm going like one mile an hour. So slow. The roads are just covered in snow. No one's had a chance to clean this area yet because the storm came in fast and hard. And as I make this right turn, my car decides, I'm just gonna keep turning right. And I ended up just going nose down into a ditch in the cold, snowy, wintry weather at about one o'clock in the morning. I had a Mountain Dew between my legs because at the time my car, the cup holders, I don't remember why I wasn't using a cup holder. All I know is there was a Mountain Dew between my legs and when I went nose down into the ditch, slowly, like at the speed, I was almost going so slow that I was traveling backward in time. That's how slow it all happened. But when I went into the ditch, I do remember my Mountain Dew, a can of Mountain Dew between my legs, just falling down around my feet where the pedals are and just unloading itself, which turned into Mountain Dew slushy because the temperatures were so fucking low. I then had to get out of my car, climb out of the ditch, walk about a mile and a half to a payphone, and I called a friend of mine who I knew was at my apartment. He had AAA. I did not, but he called AAA on his behalf, I guess, making it sound like it was his vehicle, and they came with a tow truck. Now, the tow truck, finally, when it shows up, keep in mind I have to walk like a mile and a half back to my fucking car in a fucking almost blizzard, and the tow truck shows up, and now they have to try and pull my car out of this ditch. The problem was, the roads were such shit that the tow truck was having a hard time getting any traction to pull me out. So once they were connected, they were trying to back up and pull me out, but their truck wasn't going anywhere. At the end of the day, Literally, we finally agreed and decided this ain't fucking happening. My friend came and picked me up. It wasn't that far from the apartment to where I was at. Got me back to my apartment, and the next day, my car was able to be removed from the ditch. That right there, that's Ohio weather. That's Ohio driving. I'm sure plenty of you in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, North Dakota, South Dakota. Actually, I don't know much about South Dakota. It's south. Maybe it's not that snowy. I'll have to look that up and ding or buzz myself. Hey, Jeff, is South Dakota snowy? Well, we just found out the answer, didn't we? In hindsight. So the last thing I will discuss in regard to winter woes is the financial strain of this season. I am so glad that I don't have kids that are little kids anymore because that's when they expect more. They don't have money to buy things for themselves. Luckily for me in this regard, my kids are now 18 and 19 years old, almost 19 and 20. I am about to have a child that's not in the teens. And they both have their own money. They don't need me to buy them anything. It's a gesture in expectation of the season. But if they truly want something, they will just buy it on their own. So anything I buy them is not going to be what they really want. It might be the thing that it was like, I kind of wanted it, but it wasn't worth spending my money on. I can't wait to buy you a tree load of consolation prizes. Honestly, I could hand my kids a couple hundred bucks each and just be like, there you go. There's a little extra money. It's all the same 
same thing even when they were 17 and 18 or 16 and 17 and starting to work. Anything I bought them for Christmas wasn't anything they couldn't buy for themselves, and I'm sure the majority of the shit that I bought them rarely, if possibly, never got used because it wasn't their first choice. Their first choice is what they're going to buy them fucking selves. But there is obviously a huge financial strain on the month of December, and we can dip into November just a little bit, because Thanksgiving usually is pretty much December. It's late enough in November. The cost of a Thanksgiving meal, if you're doing it, or the travel and the gas at $3.20 for the fucking cheapest version of gas... It's outrageous right now. And then you have to buy gifts for Christmas. Maybe I need some new ornaments. Maybe I need some new lights. Oh, my electricity costs just tripled because of all the fucking shit I put up. I won't even feel that pain until January. But for me, it doesn't end after December. My kids' birthdays are January 24th and February 6th. So I go right out of Christmas season into double fucking birthdays. Again, that's getting easier now that they are grown adults. I'm going to guess my son right now is richer than me. And he's 18 years old. He's the younger one. That will change now that daddy has a job again. But my point being is that I'm not trying to give them magic or Christmas spirit. What it's all based on is that sense of giving. But it is an obligation. And you only give gifts because you know that you're going to receive gifts. Would you enter into some gift exchange at work if you knew you had to anonymously spend $20 on another random fucking person in your office and you were guaranteed not to get anything at the end? No, you do it because you're getting something. It is not the fucking spirit of giving. The spirit of giving comes from volunteering, donating, donating time as well as money, being kind even when you don't feel like being kind. The idea of the spirit of giving should not be relegated to one fucking day out of the year. Okay, two days if you include birthdays. Okay, three days if you include Valentine's Day. Okay, four days if you include anniversaries. You see where I'm going? We're trying to celebrate life with fucking trinkets and monetary objects. Like, in a relationship, I'm the type of guy that does not bring flowers home to a woman if I'm in the quote-unquote doghouse. I bring flowers home to that woman when everything is fine. And that makes those flowers more special. And it means that there's a lower likelihood that I'm ever going to end up in the quote-unquote finger quotes doghouse. So gift giving and appreciation through monetary items and trinkets should not be seasonal or holiday based for the truly kind hearted, for the truly generous. It should be a year-round thing. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I want to point out that my mom texted me the other day asking me, hey, why don't you do your Poor Taste Christmas album on your Christmas special? And I said, well, you know, I've got something else planned for my Christmas special, but here's what the Poor Taste Christmas album is. It is rooted in exactly what I was just talking about regarding the fact of being shy on cash when you need to buy presents 
presents for people and it's expected to do so. In one year, I just, I couldn't buy presents for anyone I knew. So instead, I spent the month of December making this album on a little four track recorder. This is before digital technology that like makes everything sound great, computer recording, before all of that shit. It was me going into this little unit that was about the size of a laptop and I could record one track at a time and then I could go back and kind of edit the volume of that track on the output. But there were no like retakes or easy edits to, oh, that note was bad. I better do it again. No, you don't redo the note. You redo the entire fucking take. So, fair warning, there are imperfections in these songs. It was basically set up, I I created an album called It's a Poor Taste Christmas. It is very poor taste, very vulgar. Surprise, surprise. However, many of the tracks are music tracks that I did not record myself for the sake of time. And I would do an impression or a voice or something silly over that music. So I can't play that for you guys like my mom wants me to because I would be infringing on copyright laws. But I did record four, I think it's four original songs on the album. And the whole album is set up to be chronologically like a Christmas Eve radio show back in like the mid 80s. Because I remember as a kid, we would go to my grandparents' house in Jackson, Ohio on Christmas Eve, but my parents would want to do Christmas morning with us at our house, so we would drive back the two hours that night on Christmas Eve, and it was dark and late, and I'd been tired out and tuckered out from playing with my cousins, and my brother and I, we would fall asleep in the back seat on the drive home, but my parents would always play like the most local radio station they could pick up, because this was before satellite radio or shit like that. So they would just tune in to the local radio station wherever they were on the trip and it would be Christmas music because it's Christmas Eve and the announcer would always be very low-key, kind of bringing you into the next track. And it would lull my ass to sleep. But I remember that fondly and I made the entire Poor Taste Christmas album to essentially be like a one-hour radio broadcast on Christmas Eve. The broadcaster, the announcer, everything had gone wrong for him. He was very depressed and suicidal. It was, you know, for comedy purposes and because it's poor taste. But I'm bringing all of this up because I want to say that in addition to the original tracks that I wrote, the original poor taste Christmas songs that I wrote and recorded, I also recorded fake commercials because after all, it's a radio broadcast. So at the end of this podcast, after the famed gunshot sound effect, I will give you one commercial and one song, and then I will continue to play some tracks at the end of episodes for the remainder of the month of December or leading up to my Christmas special. So please be sure to stick around after what you think is the end of the show and enjoy some shit from, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe? Remember, it's mixed horribly. The audio, I I would love to redo all of these, but I'm giving you the original shit. Like, what I was able to do with a little fucking tiny machine back in the year 2000. The year 2000? Oh my god, Y2K! Everybody run!
I am currently working very hard on a script for this Christmas special that I plan to provide for you guys in a matter of weeks. I will be honest, it is proving to be a little more challenging than I expected. Recording and producing it, that will be the easy part. Writing a fucking script, I'm not used to that for this show. But I am confident I will be able to do this and deliver this special to you. So please look forward to that. As always, I want to thank all of you for continuing to tune in. Please go follow me online at TikTok, Facebook, or Twitter at JeffBecomesJeff. Please tell all of your friends, Jeff Becomes Jeff is the best thing since sliced bread. That's a dumb expression. You know, I mean, sliced bread, eh, it's not really that special. It's just bread someone fucking cut. Why is sliced bologna not more fucking significant than sliced bread? I mean, bologna, you have all the stuff you got to do just to make a tube of bologna, and then you slice it? I do hope everyone is staying warm, wear appropriate attire, and drive safely. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Your furnace is an 18-year-old piece of shit. It's a pile of garbage. The heat exchanger is cracked. Good night. Attention, ladies. Right now, Bob's Circumcision Warehouse... We're having a blowout of a Christmas special. All walk-ins, appointments, or gift certificates purchased between now and New Year's Eve, we're slashing prices. That's right, all circumcisions half off. We must be crazy. So bring your son, your boyfriend, or your husband down today. Slip him out of that turtleneck and into something new for the new year. And if you mention this advertisement when you come into Bob's Circumcision Warehouse, you'll walk away with a free gift bag of Bob's Special Beef Jerky, available in white, dark meat, and our Christmas Oriental blend. So come on down to Bob's Circumcision Warehouse, where all jobs are half off. And remember, nothing says I love you like the gift of a circumcision. Bob's Circumcision Warehouse, where your tips are welcome. Welcome back, everyone. The time keeps ticking away here on our program as we get closer and closer to Christmas Day. Any of you kids still awake need to shuffle off to bed, or Santa Claus may just pass you by. Of course, any of you parents irresponsible enough to let your kids listen to this program in the first place should be shot. Well, let's get back to the program. Our next track is a fun little tune, a Christmas golden oldie. Bye-bye, Mrs. Claus.